Welcome to the Waiting Since Last Saturday post game podcast 48 to 7. They gave up a touchdown. I'm Will Leach here with Tony Waller here to talk about the total lack of heart, really. The fact that this team supposedly calls itself a national championship contender allows a court touchdown in the final moments. Time to get those boys in shape, Kirby. Anyway, I'm Will Leach. I'm here as always with Tony Waller, 48-7. I hope my facetiousness came across somewhat there. Another dominant performance. And also another, what I thought was interesting is last year, it felt like they crushed South Carolina. And it was like, I don't know if this is a term, but like a gentleman's crushing. (laughs) It felt like a, (laughs) like a, uh, all right, but we'll be fine. We'll be all right. You know, uh, we're not going to, we're not going to wipe the floor with you a little bit. We'll let you have your dignity intact. That did not seem to be the case. They came out really, you know, we talked a lot about this team needing to, how do you, like a fundamental question, how do you motivate this? How do you motivate a team after they've won the national championship and then the number one team in the country and they've, and they're already kind of, a guy like Stetson's already a hero in a lot of ways. And uh, they came out of the gate uh, in a w- better, uh, sharper than they did against Sanford for crying out loud. They came out of the gate gun, guns blazing and uh, uh, they left no doubt pretty quickly. Uh, Sandstorm was pretty quiet after the opening. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the interesting thing about it is that, um, you know, Shane Beamer took the ball. They won the toss, took the ball. Uh, I think the thought was maybe we drive down and get our crowd into it. Uh, ran that fake punt. And, uh, you know, at some point, you just don't, don't, don't poke a bear. Um, I think that's probably, <laughs> yeah. that's probably the takeaway. Um, you know, I, I have to say the more I watch this team, you know, I may feel differently in January. Uh, I might feel differently next week. This team's better than last year's. And there's no, I don't think there's any way around it. The defense is, is still coming into shape. The offensive line still has some to go. But Munkin and his comfort level with calling plays um, and, and what he has at his disposal is pretty stunning. And it's what uh, it's, it's hard to imagine what 2000 or, or might have looked like had there not been a pandemic. Just it is altogether possible. Seth and Ben's not playing, right? But having said all of that, it is uh, it's pretty stunning to me that at least in the short term, all of the well, you know, Seth and Ben is just he's just there to protect things and to make sure nothing nothing goes wrong has stopped. Uh, you know, he he. Uh, he he threw for sixty nine percent, which is nice. Uh, completion percentage uh, did not get three hundred yards, but was the leading rusher in the game. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if you saw, he also blocked two guys on the end around in the first touchdown pass. And then you turn around and look at the defense; there's still some youthful gaffes, but this team is getting closer and closer. The defense is getting closer and closer to the sentience that. Uh, that, that Spencer Hall talked about of the Georgia defense last year when South Carolina basically pulls out all the stops. And, and yeah, I know if Luke Doty was in there instead of Spencer Rattler, maybe that's a harbinger of change for them. But when they pull out all the stops to score, to, just to be able to say we're the first team to score a touchdown on Georgia, and it's done with 53 seconds left in the football game, when literally there were guys in there who I, I wasn't sure we had on our – I mean. Like it's a travel game, so they, they it's not like this is seven deep, but it's still really, really fun. And, and will this is a this is fun. 
I, I, met, I, I did a Twitter space yesterday during halftime, and I, I mentioned that you said, you know, this year, uh, we're talking about last year's team, if Georgia wins the national championship this year, uh, there will come a time later when you look back on the 21 as like, wow, that was really cool, but this is, this is a team. Uh, you know, we have a ways to go, but this is a team. It is, you know, it's fun. I, I've seen a lot of this team's better than last year's team. And I, I, I think that's certainly still a real possibility. I find that right now, the way, what they're doing is basically in a little ways, kind of the opposite of last year, right? In that last year, the defense was so good that it gave the offense time to work into shape. Like the defense won that game against Clemson. And so, therefore, they were able to. Uh, uh, it gave time for Stet- once D- Daniels got hurt for Stetson to come in and start to make the good decisions to put them in a good position. And Stetson, listen, had some wobbly moments last year, and it kind of g- and they were still working it out, right? Like Munkin thought he was starting the season with one quarterback and ended up with another quarterback, and then you didn't know which quarterback you were going to have for a while. There was a lot of work in progress, even as good as that offense was last year. I mean, listen, that was a really good offense last year, but it didn't always feel like I think it was a top 10, 15 offense last year, but didn't always feel like a top 10 or 15 offense, which actually reminds me a little bit of what the defense now is, right? The defense is probably one of the top five defense in the country right now, but it doesn't feel like last year's defense, not yet. They feel like they are benefiting from how great this offense is, which is to say the offense is buying time until the defense becomes fully operational, which is super exciting. And I think that's what's kind of fun about this is the idea of, I love like Munkin Munkin coached uh, the way kind of called I thought Saturday felt a little bit like he like a guy that was like yeah they the, the, Kirby wouldn't let him take the training wheels off against Samford and really really wanted to and when do I get to play the SEC and when do I get to go and when do I get to do my thing how about now how about now and like was just blazing out of the gate in a super super exciting way. And also, you know, I think one thing that we talked a little bit about is like, hey, when are they going to have these big long plays? When are we going to have these big chunk plays? When are they, when are they going to be able to uh, break out and have those full awesome plays? And the reminder is, oh, right. When they just let Brock Bowers start doing Brock Bowers stuff. And then and it's funny that we used to talk about Pickens <laughs> being that guy. But like while they, they used Bowers more, I think it's almost more accurate to say they were like, hey, Bowers, do your thing thing and then he did it in a way that is a reminder that oh yeah they have an all-american tied in it's not just like monkey monkey is calling incredible games but there's also this unbelievable talent really across the board and that's what i think is like i don't i'm not ready yet i mean I, I'm, I'm frankly i'm probably a few games away yet from saying that this team is better than last year's but i think it's following a general a similar trajectory as last year's except last year was the defense buying time for the offense. Now it feels like the offense buying time for the defense, except Georgia's become so dominant that I'm like, yeah, you're buying time for this defense. That's given up one junk time touchdown in three games in the final games. And to me that, that is, I feel like while they're following similar trajectories, you're starting from an even higher place this year. And I think you're seeing the results. Yeah. And one of the things that when, you know, you're talking about, what do you do to get motivated? I, I that is, the most excited I've seen Kirby about his defense this season uh, on the fourth down play, <laughs> you know, bless Shane Bamber's heart. Here he is. He's trying <laughs> his hardest. He, he's like, all right, we're going to go for fourth down at the end of the quarter here. And Georgia was moving backwards a little bit. Uh, and that's one thing I'll say about this defense is that they do have a tendency early in drives before they tighten up. And maybe it's a bend don't break mentality, but 
uh, you know, they come out and they're, there's still 450 students they're trying to get off the field. And, you know, Georgia comes up, comes up with a stop. And Kirby looked like he did after Keeler Ringo scored the touchdown, right? And, uh, I mean, he was excited. I mean, fired up. That sort of fire carries over into, um, carries over into how the defense plays and that carries over to, to the, how everything else goes. You know, it's interesting. All the quotes weren't about how they played. It was about how they practiced. Uh, this week, Will, I know you live over there, but if you've ever gone over by the practice facility in the afternoon, it was <laughs> yeah. wild this week. I oh, mean, yeah. they were playing, oh, yeah. they were, they were breaking out. I mean, Sandstorm was played more at the practice facility this week than it was played in Columbia this weekend. I can yeah. assure you of that. I, I, um, I actually had a, a long scheduled phone call with a friend of mine from California while I was walking to pick up the, the kids from Barrow. And I literally had to be like, oh, I'm sorry. There's like a war going on, apparently, on my walk <laughs> because it was so loud <laughs> just to walk by there to pick them up from school. I was afraid they were going to disrupt uh, recess for crying out loud for those kids <laughs> over at Barrow because it was super, super loud over there this week. Well, the only thing you can do is nitpick one punt safe play where it looked like Georgia wasn't quite there. Maybe on the you know one punt we lined up five guys in the or six guys in the backfield, and then on the you know on the punt return, uh, the blocker didn't wasn't cognizant of where the ball was coming to, and it bounced off his uh, bounced off his hip. You know, if give Kyrus Jackson credit, he saw that coming and was alertly stayed back instead of running out of the way once he saw this guy was going to be really close to the ball. So if it bounced off him, which it did, he could cover the ball. In the grand scheme of things, that doesn't matter against South Carolina. There will be games probably in December or January where that does matter. And that is the sort of focus that Kirby has been preaching. And he seems to have gotten his team to buy in already. It was, it's just super, super stunning and so much fun right now. I have to say, I'm glad you brought up the thing about uh, Kirby Smart. Um, I think in the past we've talked about sometimes he gets so emotional that it feels uncomfortable for me to see another. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm privy to emotions. I'm not supposed. I don't know him well enough to know <laughs> to right, have access right, right. to this person. A grown yeah. person like that way where I can see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, 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 I'm all, I'm so sometimes when it gets really, really dialed up, like, it's just hard to like, it's just, I'm like, I'm not, I don't, I've not earned the right to see you that emotional. And that's a Midwestern thing to be fair. Uh, but, but certainly, uh, and I, it was surprising to me, not only how emotional it was positive and negative in this game, but to the very end, right. Like there was a, there was a yeah. there was there was a spotting a spot play or like or, or they were spotting the ball somewhere like early in the first quarter and he was pissed <laughs> like he was really really dialed up when they're up forty five oh or whatever it was at that point and I get it I you said the tone I understand all that I get it and uh, and and I and I get that but I do feel like that is that edge is coming across to the team and listen that was what I said from the beginning was the that what were the two major questions coming into this year. Does any of the fact that they finally got over this hump hold over to the team at all? Does that cross over the team at all? And can Stetson Bennett uh, overcome physical deficiencies to be able to pull off what he did last year? Those answers, I think, have pretty definitively answered so far. Uh, I, I, I may be uh, understating physical deficiencies. guys. If you can throw up on the sidelines constantly and still keep going. And whatever. I know people freak out about that, but like... Football is really, really hard on your body. People puke all the time. <laughs> like it's a total. It's not that unusual. But certainly for him to, to see him kind of come back and keep going from that, it's funny to think you look at Stetson now. I used to always joke that after Eli Manning won that Super Bowl against the Giants, his like voice felt, felt every time I heard him talk, it felt like his voice was like three octaves lower. 
<laughs> like he just gotten a little bigger and tougher. And I have to say, since it kind of looks like that this year, he kind of looks like a guy, maybe it's a haircut, but he no longer looks like that kid, that walk-on kid that's like, hey, this is my big chance. I'm going to try not to screw it up. He is the legitimate leader of this team. And he's treated that way, not just by his own team, but you certainly are starting to see it with the other team treated that way as well. To see some of those runs, even the one where he, he stepped out before the touchdown, he's got a vibe of a dude that's completely in control and also having the time of his life. When people had that whole discussion about like, well, should he, uh, uh, should he come back? Should he stop going on top? It was always good to remind that like, he really loves playing football. Playing football is really fun. That is really coming across how much he's enjoying doing this. Yeah. And that, that carries over to the team. I mean, um, again, Spencer Hall's the one that talked about Roquan Smith back in 17, that they, that the Georgia's defense looked like, like, like literally kids in a playground and that's the way this team looks right and they're just going out there and having fun and throw the ball around the yard a little bit i mean but again to come back to mocking hit some of the plays some of the plays literally look like they drew him from the start the fact that he is almost always able to scheme someone at least one person open there's almost every single pass play someone open it's just incredible that you get that uh and i, I do i talked about the spaces yesterday I mean, this is an indicator of how this game was going to go for South Carolina when you finally get uh, you finally get Stetson almost hemmed up in the back, and it, like he literally side arms the throw to Brock Bowers, who catches the ball. Um, had they not mowed the grass this week, it would have been an incomplete pass. Um, he, he instead pulls the ball off the turf and gets fourteen more yards. It's just it's almost unfair. I mean, I'm glad it's my team, and, and this I, now I get how you know Alabama fans felt for the past whatever years, but it's. It's it's incredible. It just as a Georgia football fan, this is what this, this is what we we this is what anybody who would be reasonable would have said that we would have thought might have been coming in the Rick years. And, and at some point, rational fans of Georgia said, well, "Rick can't get us there. Maybe maybe no one can." And Kirby's doing it. And that is, uh, I I don't say that to to dismiss anything Mark Rick did because I don't think we're where we are now without Mark Rick and the, the standard and the level he brought Georgia football to. Uh, after the nader years of the 90s um but also the the fact that we're doing it is our team and fans of other teams are now alibying about how Georgia's playing the <laughs> yeah but wait till this is fine this <laughs> is fine georgia fans enjoy this this is what we've wanted before we talk about other stuff that happened on saturday uh, i'm reliably informed i was i was walking around i didn't go to the game this weekend so I just watched it at home and I, and I, and I was at my house and we were all like kind of hanging out at the pool and I noticed my children because they were in the pool were not wearing shirts. And I was like, kids, you're not wearing shirts. What are you doing? And they said, well, well, Papa, they call me Papa. That's how I make them refer to me that way. I said, they said, Papa, where, where can we get shirts, Papa? And I didn't know what I to tell them. I know the answer to this one. I know the answer to this one. Well, well, Tony, where where can I clothe my children or any adults that might happen to be in the general vicinity? Well, well, let me tell you. You can go to the76.com. That's T-H-E-S-E-V-E-N-S-I-X-X.com. You can get all manner of shirts. Do you need a belt? They got belts. It's your huh. phone. Let me ask you a question, Will. Does mm -hmm. your phone need clothes? Because there are phone covers there. Oh, my God. I, I never even realized this, but my phone has been naked the whole time. You can fix that at the seven six. We do appreciate the seven six. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I did see. Uh, 
I had the opportunity to, my wife and I had, uh, the, we did the, one of the most decadent things you can do as parents of children. Uh, we went out with our kids uh, and Gosh. somebody came in uh, where we were sitting and they had on uh, one of the seven, six shirts, the, the, if uh, the, the, the Lewis Gazar quote, if, if life's a dog sled race, if you're not the lead dog, the scenery never changes. Uh, and, and I actually asked, Hey, dude, what you get that? I said, that's a website called the seven, six. It's like, you would think I would know that, Will. You would think I would know that. And I said, you know, had you used uh, WSLS as your order code, that would have been shipped to you for free. And the guy was like, I did not know that. And now this guy does. Well, this is a relief because my children were getting quite cold. So this is good to know that, uh, that there's you know, a place. I can get them shirts. Yeah. I can get them shirts. And I'll just write this out. It's it's www. Mm-hmm. That's what you dot. start with. And there's a dot. But then there's something that comes after that. Well, that's how you know it's on the internet. Um, oh, okay. T H E B seven S C B E N six S I X. And don't forget the dot com. Good. Excellent. That, this is good news because I was really starting to worry the neighbors were going to call defects on me. So this is good to know yeah. that I will be able to clothe my children before they go back to school where they will be unable to enjoy recess because of sandstorm being played constantly at Buttsmere, uh just uh, just across the street. Um, yeah. Hey, Kansas Jayhawks, baby. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Three and no Kansas Jayhawks. Oh, uh, yesterday was not as fun as last week was. Um, but the incredible, the incredible Hail Mary that uh, App State uh, pulled off, Kansas winning, uh, the Texas and my, Texas A&M and Miami, uh, uh, whatever it was, <laughs> I mean, that game was like, come on, man, you're going to make me stay up to midnight uh, with this <laughs> 9 o'clock kickoff. We've got to do something different than this next time. Uh, overall, it was, a, it was kind of an impressive day. Uh, we're getting, yeah, it's still chalk at the top, but we're getting some new players out there, Will. I mean, it's, it's in interesting right it, when when kansas is three and oh uh and um it's just it's fun this is a fun football season even putting aside the lack of objectivity i have about georgia uh being at the top of the sport uh there's some fun things happening i would just like to say this that uh if illinois had not lost that game to indiana very frustrating very frustrating three and oh indiana did three and zero Indiana, and yeah, and for the record, like Indiana is generally a bad team. Uh, if Illinois would have won that game, Duke, Kansas, Wake Forest, and Illinois, arguably the four worst programs. Maybe if you want to throw Vanderbilt in there, though, I don't think Vanderbilt should be thrown in there. They're just in a tough conference. Um, arguably the four worst worst programs in FAS for the last twenty five years. They would be a combined twelve and zero. <laughs> so interesting things are happening uh, across the board. Good for Kansas, man. I'm so happy to see that. And for the record, uh, every Kansas win gets Leopold a little bit more money from Nebraska, uh, which yes, I think is exactly <laughs> what they should be doing. You're right, though. It was not an electrifying day. I was. I think the only thing that really would have electrified it is if Notre Dame would have lost that game. I was yeah. a little concerned about yeah. that because uh, that was really, really scary for them. Um, I'm sorry that your Marshall and your BYU went down. Uh, yeah. BYU in particular, yeah. that was a bummer. Uh, Although but, I guess I guess we could talk about that for a minute just because maybe Oregon's better than we thought. Yeah. Which makes Georgia <laughs> even better than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was impressive. If you didn't get to see that game, Oregon kind of controlled that game from start to finish against a, what I still think is a very good BYU team. and. Um, 
they're, uh, you know, transitive winds aren't necessarily a thing, but to see Oregon come out and get it together a little bit with, you know, uh, quarterback Bo Nix, and they put up a bunch of points against a team that has a pretty stout and physical offense, I mean, defense, um, which is, which is good, right? Uh, I think it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens the rest of the season with Oregon. Uh, but, but, you know, poor one out for BYU, uh, crashing the playoffs, not, not a thing. Not a thing, not a bummer. Yep, same four teams looking like that. For, <laughs> looks like the SEC is a championship game and the Big Ten championship game. Right? Again, I get, get maybe uh, three or four of the four. But uh, we'll see. There's still some fun stuff coming around. I don't. I, I saw uh, some pictures from Robert Wolf and the crew uh, out in South Carolina. So I did not make the trip. But um, uh, I'm also, by the way, I think we can start doing this this week. We don't. Uh, it's, we can do our weekly prediction of game times. Because I yep. believe on yes, Monday they will start announce they will announce the time of the Georgia Missouri game. I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I want, but I'm curious. Do you? I know what your initial season prediction was. Has that changed? Uh, give us your prediction for Georgia Missouri game time. Um, not without without not even without going to look at the SEC schedule. I it still feels a lot like. Um, Probably an SEC network game at seven thirty. Um, w- yeah, which is you know a r- road game or late road game. Um, you know, it's, I you know I, that's in either that or or the noon ESPN game. I mean those those are the two. I mean ESPN gets to pick second, and usually they try to slide in you know some combination of you know if LSU is playing at home, they might let them play that late game just so they can say they got the night game. Uh, but SEC Network does like to try to put on the, the whomever the top team or teams in the conference are for those primetime slots. Otherwise, to draw eyeballs, uh, even if it's a potential seal clubbing. Um, and I think it's seals, but uh, you know. But you know what? Maybe some seals had it coming. I don't know. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Screw but that's that's what I think. <laughs> well, I will. I will be in uh, Missouri that weekend. That is the final weekend of Adam Wainwright, Albert Pool, uh, Albert Pools, and Yadier Molina. At least Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols. I'll be there with Brian Leach that weekend. So we had originally talked about maybe sneaking out for, to Columbia if uh, for, if they played at noon or eleven local time. But we said we're it's not- still. It's still on the table. It's still but, on the uh, table, and we're, but we're not yeah, going to rent a yeah. car and go do all of that. We're gonna, we'll find a good sports bar in St. Louis and 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 watch it there. Um, all right. Well, we'll we be... think of the beers. The beers need to be drank. Oh, we're exactly, exactly, exactly. We're walking everywhere. It seems silly not to do that. Um, all right. Well, we'll be back on Tuesday night to preview Kent State when Georgia plays Kent State. Uh, also, news this week. By the way, after, after right after we recorded. We'll, I'm sure we'll discuss this this week, that uh, we had actually speculated whether or not that Oklahoma game was going to continue. It will not. It will be replaced by David Letterman's alma mater, Ball State, next year. So we can discuss that a little bit as well in the show this week. Just in case there's a small possibility, just in case of the possibility that we find it harder to focus on the Kent State-Georgia game itself, Perhaps we'll be looking for other topics to touch on. But uh, hey, guys, this is these are the high times, man. This is the good stuff right here. So everybody enjoy it. Looking forward to it, Will. All right. Have a great week, everyone. We'll be back on Tuesday. And until then, go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs>